You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me again on the show is Sam Medke. Now, Sam and I have probably hunted together longer than I've hunted with anybody outside of my immediate family. We have chased after things in Missouri and Wisconsin together, whether it's deer or ducks, coyotes. In fact, we used to be like fleshers for my uncle going out, walking cornfields, and I shouldn't say used to be as if it happened all the time. A few times we would go and zigzag through cornfields hoping to flush out pheasants. I don't think we ever killed one that way, but I mean, we've done all kinds of stuff together. And so I'm really excited because he is starting a new adventure and I can't wait to have him share that with you guys. It's going to be an awesome episode. Let's jump in. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show, and joining me again, dude, how many times have you been on this show? Oh, I don't know, man, at least half a dozen. Yeah, it's been quite a few. You might be my official, like, most common guest. I like that. It's got to be pretty close, at least. (laughs) So my cousin, Sam Medkey, is here with me, and we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff. First off, I haven't said anything about frog gigging this year. Normally, we do an episode, so I might do some recap on that. But we've got big bucks showing up on camera. You've been finding deer sheds. Uh, Waterfowl season is not that Mm. far away. I mean, we're into the middle of July, man. I mean, right. Early teal is going to be coming up in like what two months, and then seasons kick off from there. So, yep. Thanks for hopping on, man. Absolutely, I appreciate being on here, dude. So you've got some big news because you've been you've been essentially taking friends and family out hunting for quite a while. Even when I've got people that I want to take out, you're like, oh yeah, dude, bring them up. We'll go. We'll go shoot some birds. But you're yep. officially jumping into guiding yeah i am i am finally taking it on head on for myself this time instead of working for somebody else and and letting them get the uh get the glory from it the trophy you know it's not about the money as it is about i mean me being able to get the smiles put on people's faces you know i mean if it was about the money we i can promise you we'd be charging way more than what we are now dude so I mean, you guided for years in Mm -hmm. several different places. Talk about Mm -hmm. that and then talk about why, why the transition to doing it for yourself. So growing up, I've always wanted to hunt for a living. I've always wanted to have a job toward, you know, that's, that's my job that I just take people out hunting and watch them be successful, watch the smiles on their faces. Um, And so at 18, I started guiding, uh, kind of started off in Missouri, um, worked for a few different companies throughout like Missouri and Arkansas, Kansas, uh, worked for one company where we traveled quite a bit and 
And I, I mean, to be completely honest, I miss it. I miss the traveling. I miss the hunting in different states. Um, you get to see all the different types of landscapes and you get to shoot a lot of different types of birds. I mean, this, the, the species of birds that we shot down south is very rare to shoot where I'm from, you know. So but after a while, um, like I said, I still I still really enjoyed it. But I started having some kids and it was just time to start to settle down. Um, I came back to my home state, which is Wisconsin, and uh, started kind of growing my family here. And the whole guiding thing just never left my mind, you know, and it was always something where I was trying to either figure out a way that I could still do the traveling. And I was like, well, you know what? I was like, what? Why don't, why not do my own thing? Why not? I mean, you know, I have tons of people, whether, I mean, there are a lot of friends and family, but a lot of people I don't know too, that turkey season, waterfall season, they, they come up here and I would say, I mean, our success rate is like probably comfortably, I would say at 95%. Um, I mean, it's very, very, very few come up here and they don't have a successful hunt. Um, so it was like, well, why not, why not start something for myself and see if we can't, I mean, I've got something good going on here. We've got a lot of land here. We've got a lot of birds, um, whether it's waterfowl or turkeys and we've got big deer. So Maybe the big deer thing will be in the future, but right now I'm just kind of focusing on the birds and and seeing where that takes me. So we're looking at building a lodge so that we've got something to provide for our clients. It's going to be right off of a, a lake, landlocked lake. So I'm, yeah, I'm super excited for it. I figure if we're going to do it, we might as well go big or go home, you know? Yeah. I mean, you see that a lot in the south. It seems like mm-hmm. the southern states, they've got these huge lodges, tons of land, and I feel like it's over like the north is somewhat overlooked as far as that type of stuff goes because Mm -hmm. it just happens early in the year you know like the birds show up a lot of times by the time the full migration hits the southern states already have birds trickling in and so it's like oh we're just going to stick around here but there's nothing like being the first people in the u.s to shoot at some of these migrators yeah, absolutely. And and the nice thing about it too is when they when they cross our path, they haven't seen nearly as many decoys and spreads or hunters as they have once they reach Arkansas or Missouri. You know, I mean, I can't even imagine. I bet you their numbers of spreads that they see probably triples by the time that they they pass us and get down, you know, to at least Missouri or Arkansas area. Um so to be able, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not challenging. There's still smart birds you know and they're still they still got pounded in canada but when they reach us i mean they they aren't nearly as gun shy or call shy or decoy shy um and so i mean i truthfully do believe that it is a lot easier than it is down south um and and where i'm from there's there's way less uh competition i mean there's no such thing as a 4 a.m boat launch you know here You know, there's no such thing as, as boat racing here like there is down in Arkansas. Um, yeah. You still got to fight your spots every once in a while. But for the majority, I mean, you have respect for somebody else nine times out of ten. Like, they'll gain respect for you. And you either you either hunt together and you work together as a team um, for the same reason of why you're all out there. Or you go your separate ways and you go hit another spot and you try and make it happen there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the, the competition side of things is challenging, but I mean, you've worked for years now at gaining access to properties, private land, I mean, fields and golf courses and ponds yeah. and potholes. And I mean, you, you've kind of made a name for yourself in that area as being someone that, yeah, we're going to let you come hunt on our property. We talk mm-hmm. to the neighbors, they know you, they, they've given you like, not necessarily reviews, but they speak highly of you. And so now you've got a ton of land and a lot of it, you probably don't have much competition, if any. And I can attest to it. Every time I'm up there, you put us on birds and it's more birds than we'll shoot. If I, if I were to bring four of my buddies up there, we would probably shoot more birds in three days than we would shoot in a whole season here in Southern Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's we like I said, I mean, Wisconsin gets overlooked a lot and I don't want to break it up too much because I don't want to start seeing a bunch of people over here, you know, from out of state. But at the same time, I mean, we've got it really good here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly close to Lake Michigan 
and they it seems like every year um i don't know if the migration keeps shifting east or if all of a sudden there's just a lot more lost birds that are kind of getting off track of the of the flyways and when they hit the the lake michigan you know like the lakeside instead of crossing over lake michigan they just follow it right down and you know and so i mean there's a lot of times we're hunting fields with anywhere between two to ten thousand birds in it jeez so there's i mean and we're not talking like snows we're not talking specks no no these are two to ten thousand geese and mixed bags of ducks and it's crazy because you don't see that many places you know you'll you'll get your goose migration which is awesome but the amount of ducks when you call me throughout the year especially leading up to season and you're like dude we just found a new roost i mean like a field where these birds are hanging out there's probably ten thousand birds on it four thousand ducks six thousand geese and I'm, yep. it just blows my mind, right? Because when we find a field that's got a hundred birds in it mm. here, we're super mm-hmm. pumped. You remember yep. how it was like, Oh yeah. most of Missouri is not like this, but we're in this weird little spot where you just don't get huge numbers of birds. Right. Yeah. We have, we have th- those spots, you know, where it gets, it gets really high populated. Um, and, and a lot of the times it gets overlooked because a lot of these people are like, Oh, well, look, all the birds in that field. Well, there's a reason why those birds are in that field. It's because the landowner won't let you hunt it. Well, how do you know if you don't go check? Yeah. You know I mean? The worst, the, the worst a landowner is going to say is no. And, and a lot of the times to be completely honest, I have a hard time taking no for an answer. I mean, I've had numerous times where I've been told no from a farmer or from a landowner and I'll, I'll keep talking to them a little bit more. Next thing I know, um, oh, I found out, you know, they need a helping hand on the farm or, you know, I'll offer them some meat or I'll, I'll come back the next year for turkey season. I'll be like, hey, man, um, <clears throat> we were really successful this year. I went and got uh, some some jerky made, some turkey jerky made. And uh, just wanted to say, you know, thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to me about, you know, doing some hunting on your land. Like I know it didn't work out, but you know, maybe sometime in the future and you show that appreciation to these farmers and you kind of build a bit of a, a personal relationship with them. I mean, kind of check in every now and then see how they're doing at the farm. See if there's anything that you can help with. I mean, there it's farm work. There's always something to be done, yeah. you know, so you can, you can pay them back for, for letting you hunt their land. Yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible in, in talking with you and driving, the country roads with you and you talking about all these different properties that you have, you know, figuring out where the birds are telling me the stories of exactly that getting access, you know, Hey, they said no. And I came back a year later and I was just talking to them, helping them out, doing whatever. And all of a sudden they're like, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And that's with Turkey with ducks with whatever. But yeah. one thing that I feel like is really special about your area is you time it out, right? You can be up there hunting pheasants, dove, ducks, geese, archery, whitetail, and then, you know, you got predators thrown in there also. Like, you can go up there and have quite a week. Whole if, day, yeah. Yeah, if you're, in, if you're a non-resident, and it's not that expensive for non-residents in, compared to some, in comparison to some wow. states. Yeah, compared to some of the states, we are, we are very fairly priced um, as a non-resident tag, and you know, most of these, most of the guide services that I hear about and that I've worked for, I mean, you're, you're paying anywhere between 300 to $450 per person per day. Yeah. And I mean, let's think about it. If you're paying $450, you're paying three times the amount that I charge for one day. And I can promise you, like, we will at least get close to matching what you are going to pay for down there. We don't have, I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and say that we're the same as Stuttgart. Obviously, Stuttgart, there's a reason why it's called the duck capital of the world. But we have those birds. I mean, so many people focus on Stuttgart, and they don't look kind of around the surrounding areas. Um, Kansas, when I hunted Emporia, Kansas, it was insane with birds there. You know, and then kind of looking around here, I mean, especially this year, driving the country fields and stuff, like I've already been getting out talking to farmers trying to get some permission um and just 
as I'm driving around, I can't help but look into the water holes or into some of these fields that are next to water holes. And we have an absolute insane amount of birds here right now. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think I've, and I, I feel like I say this every year. I don't think I've ever seen this many birds here this in this time of year. Um, the amount of babies are, <laughs> it's, it is, I mean, when it, when it's July and I'm already seeing 300 birds sitting in a field, that's a, that's crazy to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, where, the, where are these birds coming from? Because a lot of the times, oh, your brother's calling me. Uh, give me a second. A lot of the times, there's not even water close to these fields, but there's 150 babies out in that field. You know, so I mean, they've mm-hmm. got to be coming from from somewhere. But yeah, nonetheless, man, it when you you come up here, let's say sometime October, um, like you said, there are so many different types of things you can come up here to hunt. Um, waterfall obviously being one, like you said, pheasants being one. Um, we have, I have some of the, some of the best spots that I can think about for dove. And I actually just took a, took a couple guys out last year and they said, are you kidding me? They said, you're not charging for this. They said, this is insane. They're like, we're seeing tens of thousands of doves, like in one flock, Yeah. you know? And they're like, this is stuff that I see on videos from Argentina, and so I'm like, well, I guess, you know, I can throw it in. Like, again, I'm not trying to make a killing off of it, but why not? You know, yeah. an extra 50 bucks and you can come out here and shoot 15 doves per person. <laughs> well, and I mean, you think about it, like you go to some high end outfitter in the South. And like you said, you pay three to f- three to four hundred fifty dollars a day and you mm-hmm. go out and you get your six birds. Yep. And then you're done. And that's it. You know, that's it. like, yep. dude, you just paid fifty dollars a bird if not more, $75 yep. a bird, and then you're done. Well, if it's like, okay, we're going to go do that, and then we're going to go shoot our 16 doves or whatever yep. the limit is there, it's like, wow, that just changed everything. Now instead of having a two-hour hunt in the morning, now we get to yep. kind of do an all-day thing. Or yep. that That's a special part about outfitting for yourself and having that freedom to be like, dude, I got a good coyote spot. I mean, no guarantee, yeah. but we could go sit or, you know, let's go hang out, do this. Not to mention you've got beer and cheese and Green Bay Packers <laughs> right next to I mean, like, there's so many cool things. And like you said, and like I said, Wisconsin does get overlooked for this stuff. And I don't understand why. I mean, I moved down to Missouri. And as soon as I did, I was like, dude. Man, Wisconsin is so good for waterfowl, <laughs> for whitetail, for all these different things. And Seriously. there's there's parts all over the country that are pretty well known for, for their duck hunting or for their goose hunting. But as far as just not competing with a million other people every time you go out, as far as seeing these migrations... You guys don't have crane hunting there, but dude, you will see the crane migration. Mm-hmm. You'll get to like oh, yeah. experience it while you're out there ducking goose hunting. And yeah, we're nothing like the Dakotas, but we we've, we've definitely got them here. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I mean they're all over the place, and mm-hmm. I just feel like for for a person who's looking for an amazing hunt at a good price, you <clears throat> can't just don't overlook it. You're you're gonna right. be so much less into it. You could do it twice three times for the price that you could travel to the Southern States and do the same hunt. And so I think, I think you're going to realize pretty quick, you're going to be booked up. You're going to be like, maybe I should have charged a little bit more. There's not enough openings for all these people, but it's a hunt that (laughs) I we've got helping hands. Oh yeah. You know, we've got, we've got people that, I mean, I've got people on the line that they're willing to help. Um, and if I, if I have to book more than one group at the same time, that's fine. Um, if they're willing to hunt together, even better, but I've got people that if it comes down to it, um, you know, we can split them up. We can put them on two good fields. Um, I know the only reason right now that, that we're charging so cheap as of right now is just cause we're, we're just starting up. You know, yeah. like we really don't have all that much to offer. Like we're still working on the whole lodging thing. So we're not going to be providing lodging and meals. Um, I have talked to a few hotels in the area. It sounds like I will be able to get a deal with one of the hotels. So 
if lodging is something that is interested in you um, or interested to you, I could definitely help with that. Um, at least get you a discounted rate to a local hotel here. Um, but I mean, I just, I'm just getting those ducks in a row. You know, yep. I mean, I'm not going to turn around and be like, hey, I've got very little, but I'm going to charge you the max. Um, yep. And even even when we have lodging, you know, I mean, I, I, I still have a hard time believing that I'll charge $400 a gun. That's insane. You yep. know, I, mean, I would much rather somebody could be able to come up here, spend maybe two, two fifty um, a day, have their lodging, you know, have the guy's time, have the guy's weekend or whatever it is and spend very little and have just as much fun as they were to go anywhere else. From mule deer to whitetail and everything in between, Vortex shares your passion for chasing life's wildest moments and has the optics and apparel you need to succeed in the field. I've been running the Fury 5000 rangefinding binoculars and I'm excited to officially partner with Vortex this season. Head on over to eurooptic.com that's E-U-R-O-O-P-T-I-C.com to get 10% off your Vortex order by using code NOMADIC10 at checkout. Yeah. No, I get that, man. And, uh, you know, you guys do get the birds. You get the, <clears throat> you get the birds that people are after. You know, everybody likes mm-hmm. a good greenhead. Like, it's yep. just North America's waterfowl icon. And it's like, if you can get into greenheads, if you can get into geese, and you're shooting bands. I mean, dude, you guys shoot so many freaking bands. Dude, it drives me nuts. <laughs> and I hate that every time I hunt with you, you shoot a band. Or like somebody shoots <laughs> it a band. It is crazy to think about that. Like, to think about guys in the South, you know, especially when they come up here and they do some hunting. When we kill a band, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, everybody's kind of stoked to shoot a band. But it's not like it was 10 years ago when we shot bands. You know, now it's like I see these these guys from south from the, or from the south come up here. And when a band gets shot, whether they shot it or not, they are kids in a candy store. Yeah. And I mean, it is it is like the first band they ever they ever saw or they ever shot. And it, it happens all over again. And it's like, wow. I mean, you don't you don't really realize how good you've got it until kind of a little bit of like, you know, the outsiders start coming in. They sh- kind of, they show you how you used to act when that happened. Yeah. So I would say, I would say comfortably. I mean, we shoot, we shoot at least double digits every year. Dude, that's, that's just crazy to me. I, I mean, I remember when I came up there, I think it's been two years now that I came out up there with the Buck Gardner guys and my buddy Drew. And yep. in one morning we shot a Drake and a hen, both banded. Yep. Yeah. One flock after another. Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah, basically back to back. We had birds literally, I mean, it was not raining and it felt like it was raining. The amount of birds that were hitting the water before shooting light and then flying over us. Oh yeah, Yeah. dude, we're sitting there staring at birds. Like, (laughs) guys, three minutes, don't shoot. Come on, man. Some of them them that were coming in, the way that they were coming in, I mean, they were kind of coming from right, well, they were coming from right to left, but a lot of them were kind of coming right over our head. Yeah, and I, I, I swear there were so many times, I bet you I could have jumped up out of my blind and grabbed one. Oh, I, I mean they were, you. I mean they're buzzing three feet Just over. Just grab head. a fishing net, and <laughs> yeah, right. net them real quick. Oh no, band, let it go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's one way to do it. Yeah, yeah seriously, eight man limit, all bands <laughs> are sitting here Dude, catching them. We came up, so we came up with this thing last year, and I want to try this so bad just to see how well it works, but. I want to put a, I want to strap a goose shell to the top of my head and then I want to go and hit like a pond or a river and see how close that I can swim out to these birds. Like, oh, dude, you can't tell me it won't work. Oh, you'd get like, real close. I think, I think I could get within, within an arm's reach. Dude, I've almost, I mean, there were multiple times hunting in Colorado, hunting the pits. I mean, you're below the ground level, right? Like the right. top of the pit is the ground. And we'd have birds working, and then all of a sudden you see feet, like 
right in front of your lid <laughs> walking around and you're like oh crap dude we already have birds on the ground like these yeah. two or three or four snuck in from behind landed and they just walked over the top of us and i'm like that's dude, crazy can i just grab this one can i grab no <laughs> dude we got more birds working shut up dude do not grab it and i'm like oh i just want to grab this bird while it's alive and yeah i feel like that'd be that'd be a pretty cool experiment I wonder that if you'd would. get in trouble for harassing wildlife. That's my. That's why I haven't done it. I was like, man, I gotta talk to our local game warden or something because I can't express to you how embarrassing it would be if I got busted by a warden with a goose shell strapped to the top of my head. Oh my gosh, he's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and you'd have to make sure you're the only one out there. You know, like Seriously. some dude like creeps up through the woods and <laughs> there's a goose, shoot it. <laughs> yeah, take them, boys. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they would know. <laughs> You got to put like a big orange spot on the back of the head so that anybody coming up from behind <laughs> you knows. Spray paint. Yeah, yeah, spray paint decoy. Yeah, you thought walking behind a turkey decoy was dangerous. Try swimming <laughs> with a goose shell on your head. <laughs> oh, public land, baby. Yep. Dude, that's... Yeah, man. The, the public land here really died, though. I will say that, at least in my area. I mean, I know you got like the Horicon Marsh. A lot of people go there. And then you've got like the Mississippi River, but we we have a lot of just public public ground that's like maybe 80 acres. And on the 80 acres, like Ducks Unlimited went out there and they put a bunch of ponds in there. Some of these places have 30 ponds on an 80, 80 acre plot. Yeah. And I don't know if it has anything to do with like the 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 hunting pressure or the dry seasons that we've been having, but at least before. Even with the hunting pressure, they were still at least roosting ponds, you know. And I, I really, I always said in the past that we need to, when it comes down to those public spots, we need to shut it down in the afternoon. Um, give those birds a way to be able to get a, get in there and and sleep, you know. I mean, we we still have to, as sportsmen, we still have to provide for our waterfall, for our game, and to a point we still have to protect them, you know. So. When it comes down to public land hunting, like I really feel, especially when it comes down to water, like close it down for, for the second half of the day. Yeah. You know, you want to get out there in the morning, that's fine, but you got to give these birds a place to feel somewhat safe besides Dude, town. Otherwise, they get in town, they never leave. You know? Think about that opportunity, though, <clears throat> for the DNR. Like you could shut it down the last half of the day. And then in certain public land areas, you could offer a draw hunt for the yeah. afternoon like yeah. literally one night a week or two nights a month you offer hey listen we're letting four groups go out here you can continue to hunt your hunt starts at this time because you know birds it doesn't yep. matter it doesn't matter if it's sunset 30 minutes before sunset two in the afternoon as soon yep. as you can't legally shoot anymore those birds come piling in. Yep. They're smart, oh, yeah. I but mean, I don't within, think they know the days the of the minute. week. Right. You know, exactly. they're, they're yep. smart. They know, Hey, we're going to be like, it's always, you're picking up decoys in the evening. You've got birds dumping on your head. And yep. if you set it up that way to where it's like, Hey, basically all season, except for six days, we're going to shut it down at this time. And then, the people who do draw those hunts, you know, you, you offer six tags per party and yep. you do five parties, whatever. You go out there yeah, and could... you have the best time of your life because these birds are used to coming in there. Right. Yeah, I really feel, I mean, I really feel that as much as I don't want, like, the hunting, um, I guess you could say mortality, I guess you could say. Like I don't, I don't want us to be the same as down south. Yeah. Um. Even though, like, I love hunting down there. Um, I love the camaraderie of the guys, but I don't want the same pressure here as they have it down south. Because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the amount of duck hunters down south is insane, insane. Yep. You know. So there's a reason why. I mean, like, I talked to uh. I was talking to a few guys, even the guys on on Fallmouth podcast too. Like, I was talking to the talking with those guys, and when they're t when they're talking, they're talking about hunts that they killed six ducks on. You know, and like 
there's nothing nothing wrong with that. It's it's good to not only you can still have a successful hunt by not shooting a lot of birds or limiting out every time. You know, like yeah. there's still success behind the killing. But you know, to sit there and think like, wow, man, like these guys, these guys good out there and they are crushing on this public land. You know, like they're hitting this hard timber. Um, they're fighting these spots. They're scouting them for weeks on end. And then they go out there and they kill six ducks and they are pumped about it, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, you're it, talking about sound you're bad. talking about people like I don't know those people, dude. You want to know what we get excited about? We get excited about not getting skunked. <laughs> yeah, that's and when I'm we saying. do get skunked, we're like, dude, at least we saw a couple birds. Yep. And exactly. then when we don't see any birds, we say, well, we limited at on least friendship. We got out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Got away from the house for a while, but that's what's crazy is to think, you know, like I mean, boy, let me tell you, I don't know what I would do or how I how I'd react if I went out hunting and didn't see any birds. I don't know what I'd do. Because I put so much time and money and effort into doing this that, I mean, like, I'm going out there, and when I hunt these spots, I am fully expecting at least a few limits. Yeah. Um, and if and if we don't, like, I can promise you that afternoon, I'm hitting the road hard and for a long time, and I'm going to find a really good spot for the next morning because now I need redemption. You know, yeah. I mean, I have an obsession for it, but... We just don't have, like I said, we just we don't have the the competition that we do like they do down south, and and I'm I'm really glad about it. I mean, I wanna I wanna be able to share with people, but at the same time, I don't want to feel like by sharing, I'm getting it taken away from me. You know? Yeah. All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the helicopter hog hunt that I did down in Texas. Now I went down there with Rogue Texan Outfitters and Landon and Brandon, the owners put us on the animals we killed 150 pigs and 19 coyotes just from the air on top of that we went out thermal hunting at night and got up close and personal two more hogs i didn't have to worry about bringing guns or ammunition because all of that was provided for me and it is to this day the most action-packed day of hunting i've ever had i stand by what i've said in the past and that's that helicopter hog hunting is the funnest thing that you can do with pants on in addition, they offer sandhill crane hunts and predator calling. So if you're looking for the most exciting hunt of your life and something that you're going to want to come back and do year after year, go check out roguetexan.com and book your hunt today. Dude, I remember one hunt that I went up there with you. There was like 11 guys or something like that, and we didn't quite get an 11-man limit. And you're like, man, I'm really sorry, guys. Like, I'm sorry we didn't limit. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I saw more birds today in one day than I've seen in my entire season in Missouri. We killed more birds today than me and my whole group of friends collectively will kill in one season. And you're just like, yeah, I know. But, I mean, we, we did have fun. We had some awesome shots, great memories. But we didn't get a limit. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, part of that could be that, you know four of us missed a lot you know, like yeah. we yeah. the thing is i feel like i haven't gone up and hunted with you where we didn't have opportunities to fill a limit almost ever i mean mm -hmm. i could probably count on one hand the amount of times that we've waterfowl hunted together where we didn't at least have opportunities to get a limit whether or not right. we shot 100 percent, you know it doesn't happen you you shoot a bird and it gets winged and gets away whatever but the birds are there you put people on the birds and I tell people all the time, like, dude, you want to, you want a great hunt. You want to go to a place you've never hunted before. And I talked to a lot of waterfowl hunters. It's insane how many of them have never hunted Wisconsin for anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's because, and, and I could be way wrong on this. This is just an opinion, but I feel like Wisconsin, when people hear Wisconsin, what do they think of? Big bucks. Whitetail. Yep. That's right. So I feel like the focus on Wisconsin, Wisconsin has has such a huge report for big freeland whitetail. I mean, some of the biggest in the country, some of the biggest in the world. And it has such a huge title for that that you can't focus your eyes off of it. You oh, know, yeah. When people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Wisconsin to hunt. 
if you don't tell him what you're hunting for, I, I can almost guarantee you every single person will think oh, he's going up there to shoot a whitetail. Yep. You know, so, and, and that is nice. Like I said, that is nice. It does help when it comes down to the competition. Um, and it does, it is nice when it comes down to the bird population too, because a lot of these birds, like, man, I've, I've watched birds in the same field for three weeks straight, never had to worry about a single person going out there and touching them, you yep. know, and I just let it build and build and build. And it's like, all right, well, you know what? There's probably about 35, 3,500 to 5,000 birds in there. Let's hit it this weekend. Let's, let's hit it. You know, before, before it, they either eat it out or they finally, you know, we get a cold front or something to get up and to get out of here. Let's, let's get on them before it happens. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it works out nine times out of 10. Yeah. And I mean, that's a great point that you bring up about Wisconsin known being known for whitetail and not waterfowl. Cause it's like, you think about it, you go to a city, say you go to Kansas city, everyone talks about the chiefs or, you know, this great sports team and things like how good their barbecue is might get overlooked mm-hmm. or right. like if there's a big attraction in a city close to you, like, Oh dude, you got to go to Wisconsin Dells. Like their water yeah. parks are insane. Well, guess what? There's a lot of really cool stuff to do there, but everyone knows right. them for their water parks. And so all of these other yep. industries just get overlooked, even though they're great, they might still benefit a little bit because it's known for their water parks. But when, when you're so, so well known, I mean, when you're known as the number one country or number one state in the country for producing Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young Bucks, yep. everyone just like turns off the idea that the turkey hunting is insane. The pheasant hunting is insane. The, the waterfowl is insane. The coyote and bobcat hunting is insane. I mean, like, the the walleye and pike and musky fishing and bass fishing and trout fishing like there is so much to do there and i would challenge people to find another state that would compete at that high of a level on almost every outdoor category yeah like they just don't like there's states have, that we have a lot of a little bit of everything pretty much yeah and what we do have is good like, mm-hmm. I mean, Very you can good. get into slammer hunts and fishing trips where you're yep. pulling your bags on almost everything you hunt. Yep. And so, I mean, I think that plays into that. That is an advantage for you because you don't have that hunting pressure that the southern states have. Like, dude, right. as soon as Stuttgart was named the duck capital of the world, think about how many people just completely bombarded that. Over the yep. last couple of years, I've talked to a lot of guys who normally go down there and just limit out on birds. And they're like, dude, we did better on our central Missouri property than we did in Stuttgart this year. Yep. And that's that's going to come with the territory. Like when you're known for it, the birds are going to figure out pretty quick. Like, dude, there there are we can't land on any body of water. We can't land in any field without getting shot at. We're moving out of town. Yep. And it can only sustain that way or maintain that way for how many years before the birds Mm -hmm. get wise to it and then a county one state over is the new duck mecca right well i mean there's a there's a reason why those areas are so so populated i mean you've got all the flyways but not even mentioning the flyways you've got one thing that we don't have here is footed fields yeah and down down there, it is such a popular thing for a farmer to uh, grow a crop, harvest part of it, and then flood it and claim, you know, get an insurance claim on the rest that he didn't cut as as crop damage. Um, yeah. And so they have an insane amount of food resources. They have insane amount of water. And any any when it comes down to waterfall, those are the only two things you need. As long as you have a water source and a food source, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you'll get you'll get the birds to come. So I wish we could flood here. Um, I'm actually going to look into those regular uh, regulations here in Wisconsin about what what it's going to take to flood because I know we can't flood fields. However, I wonder if we could flood spots of the field. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, not flooding that, the whole field. But I mean, yeah, you got to think about it. They need food and water, like you just said. Exactly. What do you have exactly. there, though? 
you've got food, and then you've got Lake Michigan. Like, I would, I would, I would almost rather the birds go out there and have just a sanctuary. And I mean, they can still be hunted on the lake, but yep. as far as predators go, like raccoons They're aren't swimming into Lake Michigan to grab waterfowl. Yeah. They right. will swim through that rice field right up to a whole group of birds in the middle of the night and grab one. Right. You know, coyotes, yeah, bobcats. Got... You've got you've got an amazing setup there because one, we've hunted within a mile of the lake before. Heck, we've hunted on an inlet right off of the lake before. And you watch these birds in the mornings, and it's like, oh, they're kicking up off the lake. Get ready. The skies are going to fill up. And they right. do. They come in. And I can't imagine that the predation is high at all out there on the lake on birds. Maybe birds right. of prey are coming down and getting them. But other than that, like, they don't have to worry about things. They're, they can mm-hmm. just get fat and happy, get rest, come in, gorge themselves, go right back. If you're an avid listener of this podcast, you've probably heard me talking about Infinite Outdoors in the past. Infinite Outdoors is expanding access for hunting and fishing on private land across the country. From whitetail hunts in Missouri to waterfowl hunts in Wyoming and pheasant hunts in Colorado, they provide access to over a million acres of private land listings for all types of hunting and fishing. Best part is, it's incredibly easy to browse and book properties all on the Infinite Outdoors app. The app is free to download and easy to use. All you have to do is sign up and you can browse over 250 different adventures across 10 states. Download the app today and use Nomadic 15 for 15% off your membership. Yep. We found a spot last year. So uh, it was, it was opening, opening weekend for, for goose hunting. Um, September 1st is when our goose starts. But we found, or I found a spot where, I mean, again, this is, this is early season. Like you find two, 300 birds in early season in a field. That's a good spot. Yeah. Like you hunt that field, you know? And I bet you this field had a minimum of 1500. You know, and I'm like, this is insane. We are, we're going to hit it. We're going to hit it hard. We killed 130 birds out of that field. And then come to find out, and it was a pretty small field, you know, it was, it was long, but very skinny. Um, so we could really traffic them into this field, you know, easily, um, put them right in our laps. But right on the other side of this field, there was a big drop off. Well, we were wondering, I was like, man, I swear to God that the, these birds are coming like from down in this area. They're coming up over this hill and they're dumping down this field. We go over there and there's a small like it's a river, but it's like the, it's like 30 miles from Lake Michigan, you know, so it's yeah. it's getting small now. Um you know, it's not like no Mississippi River. So we get down there and sure enough, I mean, this thing's probably 25 feet wide and maybe three feet deep. And they are loafing on this thing like crazy. So I come back through there that later afternoon. And I kid you not when I say I bet you there was at least a thousand honkers sitting on this loafing spot. You know, and this is this is coming right through a, a cattle pasture. So all these all these cattle are coming through grazing. You know, I mean, the grass dude looks like a freaking looks like looks like the green on a golf course. I mean, it was just like perfect. And when I walked down there, the amount of goose crap that was down there was insane. And I'm like, Sam's out there we... behind a a cow silhouette, <laughs> creeping yeah. up on all these birds. Yeah, you just hear him. Like, yeah. You ever reap a cow before? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is my cow reaping decoy. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 honestly crazy, man. And and I've actually so with this whole with starting up a guide service and everything, I want to I want to be able to have control of a lot of the stuff that these birds do or want. So I'm I'm right now I'm I'm talking with some farmers about leasing out their properties. Farmers that I know every single year these birds are in their fields or on their property or on you know somewhere on their property. Like I'm going to I'm going to do the best I can to make sure that I can have full access, only, you know, sole access to these properties. So then that way, if for whatever reason, some clients come up um, 
and let's just say like man like i just i don't have anything like i scouted and scouted i don't have anything i will always have something to fall back on i can leave these spots alone um and give these birds a sanctuary you know not only just in town when they're sitting on water but just out of town when they're sitting in fields eating too um yeah it'll it'll give them more comfort and it'll keep them around longer you know so i've got a lot of plans for this this coming up season and uh so far they're looking really good everything's kind of going the way i'm i'm expecting and planning it to heck yeah dude i gotta so quite a while back in the podcast you had mentioned uh how many like young ducks and young geese are out Mm -hmm. i had one of the coolest experiences i i love having encounters with wildlife even if it's not the target species like while i'm out there you know like it doesn't matter i saw one year i was bow hunting and i had a a family of baby, well, it was a mother and a bunch of baby armadillos walk under my stand. Never seen a baby armadillo in my life. And it was just no weird, man. It was so weird. Uh, but the other night, it was opening night of frog season here in Missouri. Me and all my buddies go out. We hit the big pond uh, out at my old place. That was the last pond we went to. And we're cruising around. I'm like probably between nipples and belly button deep in a cattle pond mm-hmm. headlamp on big spotlight in my hand gig in the other hand and i see movement in the water and we had seen more snakes this year than we've ever seen didn't see any didn't see any water moccasins they were all northern banded water snakes and so sure. not a big deal still don't like it but yeah. i see movement and i look over and here it is probably 8 or 10 wood duck ducklings no way. in the water middle of the night they were just on the other side of this stump that was popping up out of the water the stump only came up like eight inches and i'm like what in the world well i'm working that way i don't want to mess with them yeah and so i i'm like kind of taking a look i'm like dude i don't know where they went whatever i see a big frog get the big frog toss it up to a buddy who's on on land and keep moving and all of a sudden i hear all these ducks rustling in the tall grass and they saw my headlamp where it was hitting the water and they swam out to it and got within a foot of me i mean they were literally a foot off the front of my belly and they (laughs) kept like swimming out and they were like what in the world and then they'd turn around and go back in and it was just like one after the next they would come out and investigate and they were just making this like loop as if they were a train under a christmas tree and just like coming out and i'm like this is the coolest thing ever and so i mean unfortunately out there there's so many skunks raccoons possums Mm -hmm. armadillos like even bass like there's big enough bass in that pond to take those things out easily the snakes and the frogs even like some of the bullfrogs could probably take one of those out but it was really really cool to see all those little wood ducks come swimming yeah, out that, to me. Yeah, that's a really cool experience. I was it also, almost sounds a lot like snipe hunting. Dude, I was also kind of worried. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, that's exactly how you snipe hunt. Well, yeah, did, grocery okay. bag. <laughs> but you know that snipes are real, right? Oh, yeah. And there's an actual season during waterfowl season for them. Yeah, no, we shoot them here. We shoot yeah. snipes and woodcock. Yep. It's so funny because all of the people who hear, oh, my grandpa used to take me out snipe hunting. I'm like, no, it is a real thing. Yeah, it's the it's... way that you do it. And it makes me <laughs> curious, though. It really does intrigue me because I look at that and how those birds came out to the light. Even when I had chickens, if they didn't make it back in the in the uh, chicken coop, I would shine a light on the ground and they would all follow the light back into the chicken coop. <laughs> and I'm like maybe people used to hunt snipes like that (laughs) maybe that's where it all came from and then when everybody started being unsuccessful at it it became a joke but like i could see it working man i really could so i always thought that that like how that came about was like somebody was walking through because i know like i know i do know people that catch snipe at night with a flashlight and so like when they walk through like they walk through real slow and they and they scan it and when when you hit them, their eyes will glow just like any other animal, you know. Yeah. And so you're all you're pretty much blinding them. And if you're slow enough and you're quiet enough, like you can you can catch it with your bare hands. Hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of where it came from. 
And then people are like, oh, man, like, we should do it as a joke. Like, have him get a grocery bag and tell him, like, hey, <laughs> you can catch him with I a grocery bag. I bet that's what it is, man. I, I'm going to have to look up the origins of snipe hunting. I think I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm going to have to as well. Dude, we've put so many people through that. Like, <laughs> dude, Same just here, go man. stand here. Put the grocery bag in between your legs. <laughs> like, get ready, man. They're going to come running. And especially when you can sneak in on them, it's like, dude, shut the light off for, like, 15 minutes. Maybe one will run through the bag. Maybe not. If they don't, turn your light on for a little bit. And there is one dude, and I don't know if we just got lucky or what, but we were quite a ways off, and we tossed a rock, and it hit his bag or maybe went in the bag. Dude straight up starts screaming, I got one! I got one! We we had a lot of fun with that in college. I can't imagine how stupid I would feel. Dude, and the other thing I always thought was like, dude, what if by some freak chance They'd somebody actually catches one? one like this? <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, imagine being out there. Like, all right, it would man, ruin I'm going to the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, imagine, imagine being out there. Like, all right, dude, I'm going to post up here. You just go like 100 yards that way and, and get set up. And you're posted up. And then all of a sudden your bag just starts shaking. <laughs> like, oh, crap, dude. <laughs> this This doesn't make sense. It actually worked. I, dude, I I don't even know what I would do, honestly. That that'd be so funny. I wonder if you can just go buy snipes from a bird farm somewhere. You buy a bunch of snipes and bring them out there, and then you like, I wanna I wanna train snipes to run into grocery bags and then take them <laughs> take people out to a spot where they're planted, and then I wanna be like, dude, just humor dump me, them out man. of the ice cream pail into the bag. <laughs> dude, I humor me. My buddies are like, dude, I know it's a joke, but yeah, we'll play along with this guy. And then my buddies all go out in the woods, and there's a bunch of snipes planted that actually run into their bags. <laughs> Nobody would ever believe it, though. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, we, dude, I'll, I'll tell you right now, walking through, so like we, like I said, those public properties with all those ponds and stuff on them, like there are, there are quite a few properties that have quite a few trees and stuff on them. So walking through especially when it comes down to uh shed hunting you know walking walking these big public sections the marsh grass the the prairie grass the woods boy i'm telling you them things pop up and go to the bathroom before you hit any of those public properties because you will shit your pants dude <laughs> i mean i can't tell you how many times like my, i feel my heart sink down to my feet i mean them things get up they don't even really make a noise. I mean, like the flutter of their wings. Yeah. But I mean, I th I think they screech. I think the wood wood uh, or uh, woodcock screech, something like that. I don't know. But either way, man, as soon as those things get like three four feet off the ground, I mean, it'll drop you to my to your knees. It scares <laughs> the crap out of me every time. I don't Dude. know why. It's not like I have anything to worry about here, like you guys do down there. You know, like I don't have to worry oh, about yeah. snakes and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, dude, it's like the one and only time a woodcock will ever make me think that I'm getting attacked by a bear. <laughs> oh, dude, that's like when you're walking through the woods in the morning and a quail takes off. Seriously. Oh, my that, gosh, we're on our man. deer property? Oh, my A gosh. grouse? Dude, a grouse sounds like an <laughs> Apache helicopter. I mean, it's yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, dude, uh, I appreciate you hopping on with me. And yeah. I don't want to cut this short, but I can hear the kids. They just got out <laughs> from their room, and I know it's I'm going to start getting man. knocks on the door here in a minute. Um, where can people find you? Because, like I said, I think you're going to get a lot of inquiries about getting up there and hunting. And you and I talked about we haven't set in stone, but I feel like we could do almost like a hunt giveaway at some point where it's like, hey, yeah. I'm coming up, sign up. You know, we're going to accept six people to come and hunt with me and yep. you. And one of you is going to get lucky and get a free hunt out of the deal. I don't know. We'll talk details on that. But where can people find you? Where can they reach out if they want to come hunt? Yeah, so if you guys want to reach out, if you guys want to book a hunt, um, you can always find me on Facebook uh, at Sam Medke. My last name is spelled M-A-E-D-K-E. -E. Um, you, can, you can message me on there or add me as a friend. Um, I've got my, my Snapchat and stuff as well. Uh, it's shotcaller.sam. Um, so you can kind of watch my stories nine times out of 10. If I'm, if I'm hunting 
Snapchat's the first one to see it. Um, so if you want to follow the season before you come up for your hunt and kind of see how we're all doing, um, you can reach reach out to me on there. Otherwise, my phone number is 920-645-3115. Uh, shoot me a text. Give me a call. If you got any questions, I can feel free to ask away. I'll, I'll answer them to the best of my knowledge. Um, otherwise, yeah, um, go ahead and follow my social medias and just kind of watch how we go through our season. We, we definitely like to pile them up. That's for sure. Dude, we're going to have to get a hunt plan this year. We don't yeah, have anything absolutely. on the books yet, but are you going to, you think you're going to make your way down to Texas with me in January? Uh, dude, I, we actually need to keep in touch about that because I think when, when are you talking about in January? 7th through 12th, I believe. Okay. So I got a good buddy down in Arkansas. He's part of a big duck club down there. Uh, he's going to get us on some flooded timber hunts. Nice. Um, so I was thinking if I can plan this out right, I'll come down there for like two or three days. And since I'm already down there, I'll shoot down to Texas for two or three days. I like that. So just make like a week, a week trip, hit a couple states and come home. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, we're going to hammer birds down there again this year, but dude, I can't wait. I love Wisconsin hunting and it's I, a I lot just feel like, like there's it's a lot like, like Canada. The landscape yeah. is a lot like oh, Canada. Sure. The I feel like the hospitality is a lot like Canada. Yep. Um and we all sound really goofy compared to the people down in Arkansas, so dude. I hate the northern accent. I hate it. And it, I isn't it that again. weird? I wonder if southerners hate the southern accent cuz like I think the southern accent some I should say some Southern accents are sweet. Yeah. Now when I hear people talk from Wisconsin, I'm like, dude, you sound so dumb. Oh, my gosh. When I lived down south, I could only talk to my dad for a few minutes on the phone. Because mm -hmm. it was like, you sound absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I remember that. I used to get made fun of in college. Uh, like all my close friends, they'd be like, hey, Dan, what's that thing that flies up on the pole? It's red, white, and blue. I'm like a flag. Oh, a flag. They're like, oh, dude, he said flag. <laughs> hey, Dan, what's the giant fire-breathing lizard? A dragon? Oh, he said dragon. dragon. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, dude, they yeah. just they just ran with it. And then there's things like bagel. And I, oh, so I, bagel. Just, bagel. I, I just imagined that it was pronounced bagel. And so then I'd right. say that, and they're like, dude, why are you saying it like that? It's bagel. And I'm like, because you don't say anything with that sound of an A. Like, yeah, why, right. you why, never why say is that a. the exception, huh? Yeah. So it the took one, me a while. One, I had thing to... that got, one thing that got me with Southern folk was was oil. 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 It's just an O. There's no other letters in that word. Oil. Oil. I'm like, what? Oil. Oil and gas. And I'm like, oh, oh, gas? I don't, like... Dude, it's a whole nother world, man. Like, I don't know, but that sounded dumb. No, you want to know what got me <laughs> retired? Multi I talked to one guy and I'm talking to him. He's like, retired. oh, dude, I've been retired for five years. And I'm like, what You're did retarded. he just say? I'm like, what did he just say? And then somebody's like, dude, he's been retired. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh my like, gosh. I didn't know, like. <laughs> It was just the weirdest thing. It just randomly yeah. came up in conversation, and he keeps saying it over and over. And I'm like, dude, is that really what he's saying? Like, I'm so confused. That one and uh, Coke. When people talk about Coke, Coke, they're yeah. like, you want a Coke? Yeah, sure, I'll take one. What kind? Regular. I mean, like, just Coke. I had that at a restaurant one time yeah. when I was when I think it was I think I was in either Arkansas or like Tennessee. And they said the same thing. I was like, oh, I'll just have a Coke. And they're like, oh, okay. And I was like, just just an original Coke. And they looked at me like I was dumb. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like okay, I, oh. to your credit, there's like cherry, there's cherry vanilla, there's Coke yep, that's Zero, exactly there's what I Diet yep. Coke. It, but yeah. that's not what they're talking about. They're talking yep. about Mountain Dew and Sprite and root beer. Soda. It's every soda is Coke. And I'm like, it's that's Coke. not that's not right. You're so I, wrong. I would accept, I'll accept pop. I heard a lot of Southern folks say that too, pop. I'll accept pop for soda, okay? But when they said that Because there's not a brand of soda called pop, though. Exactly. Like, you can't when just. When they're like, oh, yeah, Coke. I'm like, that's dumb. And they're like, oh, Coca-Cola. You and can't just like, no. be like, dude, you want a Snickers? <laughs> yeah, sure. What kind? Uh, I got Twix. <laughs> I got Reese's. Yeah. I got Hershey's. <laughs> 
Why, why'd you offer me a Snickers? Like, you just can't take a brand name. Uh, well, okay. Now we're getting into grammar here. And <laughs> it's just a terrible deep dive that we could go into because Kleenex is a brand. But everybody talks about, you know, people will be like, hey, can I get a Kleenex? Or now I feel like people are catching on and saying tissue more. But it used to be Kleenex was like right. Kleenex. That was it. Or Band Aid. Band Aid is a brand of bandage. Yep. But everybody yep. wants a band aid. Yep. Well, this is a quait, man. This isn't a quait you know, bandage from Walmart. It's not a band aid. It is crazy the lingo between the two. Uh because I was telling a story one time about, you know, like we were doing donuts with with the vehicles, you know, and we were having some drinks, whatever, and, and so I was talking about how, like, it made me throw up. So, as I'm talking about this, and you know him, Jackson. Remember Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, so I was talking to Jackson about this. I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, you know, we were mud running. We were whipping a bunch of shitties. And, uh, you know, I was like, we were spinning around so much. I was like, I was chuffing. And he had no idea what I was just talking about. He's like, what? Whipping shitties? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what is that? He's like, like literally, like, are you whipping like dog turds? And I was like, dude, <laughs> what? I was like, no. Like, and I was like, how else do I explain this? I was like, Cheerios. And he's like, Cheerios. I'm like, oh my gosh. He, I was like, oh, donuts. He's like, oh, oh, like you're like in the, and I'm like, wow, you, you're a special one, <laughs> you know? And then, and then chuffing too. They had no idea what chuffing oh, was. Yeah. I was like, I, throwing up and if you don't know what throwing up means i'm gonna slap you <laughs> yeah dude it's it yeah it's really funny the different terminology that we use in different parts of the country i i've yeah. run into that too and i'm like dude i don't know what that guy just said that was a different language <laughs> yeah, but, yeah i'll play it off like i knew though <laughs> well dude cool, i appreciate man. you i appreciate Absolutely. you hopping on i don't know if we even have any more people listening at this point in the podcast after talking about <laughs> they're like i don't want to hear grammar lessons from a dude from missouri and a guy from wisconsin okay <laughs> oh man well yeah we'll I, in... I guess if anybody if anybody wants to, to to reach out like i said um you know follow me on my snapchat follow me on facebook um, those are the two that see it the most so i'll i'll have my my own guide service up here shortly um, I'll make sure to create some social medias and stuff for it. And I'm sure I'll probably be on your podcast, uh, again in the future. So oh, once yeah. we get that ball rolling, um, we can share all that, all that, uh, social media and stuff as well. Sweet. Sounds good, dude. I appreciate it. Awesome. 